In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Welcome back to Sunday Setup, the weekly podcast show that prepares you for the readings you'll hear at Mass this Sunday. This coming weekend is a bit different. All Saints' Day falls on a Sunday this year, and because of that, we celebrate the Solemnity of All Saints in place of the 31st Sunday of Ordinary Time. Our readings begin on the rocky island of Patmos, which is off the coast of present-day Turkey. The author of the Book of Revelation has been exiled there because of his Christian faith. Some church fathers believe the author, identified as John, to be the same John as the Gospel writer, while others rejected this idea. Regardless, Revelation's style, characterized as apocalyptic literature, was quite popular from 200 BC to 200 AD, and it was full of multi-layered and extravagant symbolism. Our particular passage from the seventh chapter begins with angels talking to one another. The important note there is that a common belief at the time was that a great and terrible storm would bring the world's destruction. Yet, these four angels are holding back this destruction until God has sealed his elect. Now, much hullabaloo is made about the specific amount of these elect, 144,000. Some read this literally, that heaven only contains exactly 144,000 people. If so, I don't think I stand much of a chance. But to read this symbolic number literally is to completely miss the point. The 12 tribes of the old Israel times the 12 apostles of the new Israel gives us 144. Multiply this number by a thousand, considered an incredibly immense number at the time, and we're given a number beyond comprehension. After John of Patmos hears about this group of 144,000, then he sees a great multitude beyond counting. This multitude is distinguishable from the 144,000 because John himself says the multitude is from every nation, race, people, and tongue, not just the Israelites and the Christians. They all hold palm branches in their hands, a sign of victory. And yet God's definition of victory, as we see most notably in Jesus' own passion, is the suffering of death without inflicting hurt upon others. Thus, the robes of this multitude have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Our second reading also comes from an author named John. This time, the evidence for this author being the same as the Gospel writer is stronger, although we don't know for certain. He's writing in this passage to address the persecution and difficulty that the community faces. In a way, he spins the suffering for good and tells them that if the world rejects you, or in his language, does not know you as children of God, it's because the world also did not know him. Jesus himself said something similar, of course. If the world hates you, realize that it hated me first. Coincidentally, this verse is from John's Gospel. And remember, we're talking about the first letter of John here. John's message is really a beautiful one. He illustrates that the Christians truly are children of the Father, precisely because they are rejected by the world just as Jesus himself was rejected. In their suffering for the faith, where the Christians might feel that God has abandoned them, John assures his readers that God is indeed very close to them. Finally, our Gospel. The Solemnity of All Saints gives us Matthew's Beatitudes. 
and what a beautiful place of reflection it is. Indeed, as we hear these words that begin the Sermon on the Mount, we can visualize those holy men and women who have lived out these words of Jesus in concrete ways through the centuries of our church's tradition. Important to keep before us is that this is the Sermon on the Mount, and mountains throughout the Old Testament are important places of God's revelation. You'll remember, just last week, Moses went up on Mount Sinai in the first reading and received several chapters of teaching from the Lord God. The original audience would have picked up on this connection with Jesus' teaching upon a mountain right away. Yet here, in Matthew's Gospel, we find a critical distinction for Moses of old. Where Moses received the teaching from God on Mount Sinai, here Jesus is directly giving the teaching, without prior mention made of having received it. The implication is quite clear. Not only is Jesus the new Moses, he is also beyond Moses. God become incarnate. But finally, continuing to reflect on the distinction between Moses on Sinai and Jesus on the Mount of Beatitudes, notice this. On Sinai, God is manifest in a cloud hovering over the people. He cannot be approached except through the single intermediary of Moses. But now, in Galilee, as God has become incarnate, he gives teaching as a person among his people, as an approachable and humble teacher. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this week the solemnity of all saints. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.